John 9, 5, he says that he is the light of the world. The same thing he says about himself, he says about you and I, who have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. He said, you are the light of the world, just like him. And he says that a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Without you, there'll be no light. But the world tells you everything but that. But Jesus Christ is telling you a reality that is. Just like the disciples assumed that that man was blind because of his sin. And Jesus had to take time and correct them. Because he knows what they do not know. Jesus Christ knows what everybody else does not know. And what he knows is that without him there would be no light in this world. And he says it there. And the same Jesus is saying that without you, there will be no light in the world. So don't hide this light that you are. Set it on the hill. While it is still day, keep working the works of the Lord. Because everything is not as it seems. That challenge you see is not as it seems. It is for the power of God to be released over that life so God can be glorified. Your life, every day, every encounter you have, as you go to work, as you come back, as you go to the market, as you go to business meetings, as you do what you do, you display God. You cause something that God has designed, like that blind man, there was already a design for his life. You walk on this earth and you cause what God has designed to happen, happen because you are walking daylight. Because of you, there is no night on the earth. Because of you. Next verse, please. Verse 3. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's arm. Okay. Kind of weird, right? Next verse, please. <laughs> Seven. Go, he told them. Wash, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word meant sin. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. Wow. Wow. How do we come to a place of having this great knowing by the Spirit of God what to do in a situation where nobody will even want to mess with that? Like, who messes with trying to heal a blind man? But he was confident that God was going to heal the man. He knew that this man was going to be in this position because it was already written. He could see this man's blueprint. He could see what this man's design was. He is God. And so he spits on the floor, mixes the stuff with <laughs> the clay. It kind of reminds you of creation, right? When God used the mud to make the flesh, right? It kind of reminds you of that. And you're like, wow, I guess this is how the Godhead creates, you know? They have a thing with mud and they just coof it around and boom, he puts it on the man's eyes and creation happens right there. Because in the design of this man, that part was omitted. Do you guys see how cool it is? It's just cool that you can see Jesus doing something that was done in the beginning. Because clearly, this man 
in his own design, the eyes were omitted. Do you get it? Like in the creation of man, God designed the face, the eyes, the ears, the everything and everything. But based on what Jesus Christ is saying about this blind man, he's saying Mm -hmm. that this man was intentionally designed without sight so that the power of God will be displayed in his life. That's good. So in his master plan, thank you, Marie. In his master plan, when they molded, that part didn't have clay on it. That part was omitted. He told them that this was his design. He was left without eyesight for the display of God upon his life, the power of God upon his life. And so that part that was left out in designing this man, what is this man's name? I don't know why they don't give these people names. They just name them by their infirmity. Many of us are named by, you know, oh, that one with a twisted ear or, you know, that one with a big nose. Or uh, uh, the dark lady. You know, the dark one I'm talking about with the nappy hair, that one. <laughs> <laughs> right? I wish they, they gave him a name, but... The blind man was intentionally designed without eyesight. That clay didn't touch his eyes in his design so that the Son of God would do it before his disciples to witness that he is God. Who else creates? Who else creates? And so that part that was omitted was finally filled by Jesus to display the power of God. And if you are in the spirit and you are actually following God with your whole heart, you know that those kind of creative miracles were not common in that day. And so when people saw this, they would have marveled at it. They would have been like, no, this is God right here. But what was their reaction? Yeah, so Jesus Christ is going to cost you a night to operate in this way. I want you to see how invested Jesus is in us. Telling us all of these things and then doing all of these things. Please continue reading, my sister. Yeah, verse 8. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed he was. Others said, No, he only looked like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. (laughs) To show you how insignificant he was. Like, you're my neighbor. You've seen me for so many years. And just because I have eyes now, you don't know me anymore. I I don't think he was so wealthy to be changing designer shirts. At least take note of what he wears. Man, I really felt like, man, your life is supposed to display the power of God. Mm-hmm. And if you wait for your neighbors and other people around to define you, you will be mm. making the biggest mistake of your life. Amen. Because they don't even know who you are, really. They don't. Right. It just takes one tweak on mm. your life, on your body. And they can't even recognize you. But God recognizes you. God knows you. God designed you that way. 
And God was set to do a powerful thing to confront the religious systems of that day. This is not karma. Mm -hmm. This is the display of the power of God. So that mm -hmm. you will believe that I am he that has come to deliver you from the stronghold of darkness and all those religious beliefs you have. I have come to set you free. Amen. Next verse, Amen. please. Verse 10. How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. Hmm. Verse 11. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eye. He told me to go to Ceylon and walk. So I went and watched and then I could speak. Man, I would rush out to meet that Jesus, to know that Jesus, to have that saliva touch any part of my body. <laughs> but here they were questioning. You are the light of the world. You will do great wonders. Your life will be great wonders. The kingdom of God will marvel at the display of God upon your life. God's plan for your life will be fulfilled, but best believe that there will be people who will come against you because of who you have become through God, because of what God has done in your life. Best believe that. And once again, that's why you should never, ever put your confidence in any man. They don't even know who you are. They're not even there to Amen. rejoice with you. They're not even there to marvel at this new thing that has happened to you. They're busy questioning you and doubting you and not even mm, believe yeah. that you is you. Next verse, please. Mm. Verse 12. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? Right. They were divided. So they took him to the Pharisees. Remember, this is the same religious system that Jesus was confronting in that day. And they were questioning the day that the miracle happened, Sabbath. Even though God is the one walking on the earth, giving sight to a blind man, because it was done on the Sabbath, he's not a man of God. It is not a miracle from God. It is not God. Because somebody was healed on Sabbath. What is Sabbath? If Sabbath is a holy day, then shouldn't holy things be done on the Sabbath? Or maybe if he had killed somebody, then it would be like, yeah, this is how Sabbath goes down. We do the bad things on Sabbath. If it's Sabbath, then I should expect miracles. I should expect a move of God on Sabbath because supposedly it's that one day that is God's day, so God should move on that day. Or maybe God stopped working on that day, so God should not work on that day. Look at how religion puts limits on people. I don't know what belief systems you have, but these are the roots. This is where it stems from. Where you put God in a box and God is like, uh-uh, 
jack in the box. He's like, mm -mm, I, I ain't staying in the box. That one, you press down, it pops up again. I ain't staying in the box. God is like, mm -mm, I'm coming out of this box. But there's people, human beings, determined to keep God in a box. How disappointed will you be if you end up in heaven and you discover that all the things that you could have done, all the things that you could have been, but you were restricted because you assumed that they should be done a certain way or it should be other people doing it or maybe it even isn't supposed to be done that you had access to all of that. But you chose the way that makes the enemy happy, the lazy way, the more comfortable way, the way that does not cause people to question you, that you chose those ways so that you could be at peace with everyone. Next verse, please, Kim. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? Was your eyes he opened? The man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. So, okay. I don't know about you, but... I think any mother who gave birth to a child without eyes, I honestly don't know how those sockets, I don't know whether it was just deep holes in or if that whole place was just covered with flesh. I don't know. But if suddenly I see my child with eyes popping and looking and my child can see mommy, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm just going to be dancing on the streets. I'm just going to be holding him. I'm just going to be having him all to myself i'm not ready to like take me to who did this to my son like i'll just be caught up in that person that did this for my son but here they were yes that's our son yes that's that but who healed him we don't know he's got lips he's not dumb he can speak <laughs> keep the questioning to him and leave us out of the picture we weren't there. <laughs> yes, we are his parents. We gave birth to him. That's the only part we played in this whole situation. Everything else that resulted in our son seeing, we're out of it. Don't forget to listen to our podcast because there is a limitless supply of God's spirit that wants to reach you. And I pray you're a willing vessel to listen and also share and see that God's truth is released upon those you love to see breakthrough in the lives of those you love. And I encourage you, please grab Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. You need this book. I don't want you to miss the detailed truths, the testimonies of God's tangible presence moving in your life that you may not have seen until you are able to engage this and see them clearly outlined for you. So I encourage you, grab this book for yourself and your loved ones and take the time to read it. God bless you. God's face shine upon you and have just a beautiful day. I love you so much. Okay, have an awesome day. Bye now.